the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. For those of us that are maybe over 45, current events on Wall Street, what's happening in the economy, seems somewhat familiar. We only need to turn back to 2007 or 2000, 2001 to remember the dot-com bubble burst, the real estate derivatives debacle, to remember some difficult times and the fact that it's important to have a plan and work the plan through these challenging times as you continue to save for retirement. So, if you don't remember all of those lessons, or you're simply too young, then what about the whole notion of retirement planning during a recession? Some insights now from our host, Pat Vitucci. And Pat, certainly in in some respects, as you often have taught us on the program down through the years, some respects of your retirement planning strategy remain the same. But there are other aspects where you need to be nimble and agile and responsive to the changes on Wall Street to make sure that you're, for example, not working your plan based entirely on emotion and as a result potentially make some very critical economic mistakes that could either delay your retirement or at least have a profound impact on the quality of your retirement. So let's talk about these concepts related to retirement planning for a recession. Maybe first begins with some fundamentals. When we speak of the word recession, what exactly is that? Well, Craig, the pure definition is two successive quarters of negative GDP, gross domestic product. And so we've had that. So their question is, why are we still questioning if we are in a recession? But here's the emotional teaching moment. We can't get scared during recessions. We've had a recession every decade since 1850, with one exception, the 2010 decade. So pretty much a given, at least every 10 years, we're going to have a recession. And it really requires us to be brave, stand up, and don't get scared. This is something we have to expect 
And while it's no fun, it's a given that we're going to go through these kinds of declines. Nobody ever promised us every year was going to be jelly beans and ice cream. We're going to go through some sour points, and this is one of those that's going to be consistent with the facts that every decade since 1850, you've had at least one recession. So guess what? The average recession only lasts 11 months. Now, while you're in the middle of it, we're emotionally distraught. You look at our statements and we go, oh, my gosh, I'm losing money, and I've got to do something about it. Sadly, too many people say, I lost money yesterday. I'm getting out. And so what they've effectively done is convert a paper loss on paper to a real loss. And now the question is, when do you get back in? Timing the market is impossible. Time in the market is prudent. So we've got to be very careful not to overreact. If you are, in my view, a couple, three years away from retirement, this is a buying time. Get out there and look at your 401k and put more of your asset mix because you're now going to buy stocks on a Macy's White Flower Day sale. The share prices are lower. So the bottom line is Stay the course, even though emotionally we want to say, I lost money yesterday, I'm getting out. Grab your 401k statement, your 403b, your 457, whatever your plan is at work, or if you have an individual IRA, and look at what your allocations are. If you're a couple, three years away from retirement, increase your allocation to stocks. Historically, you're going to look back and say, wow. I was pretty smart. I bought more shares at a lower price. While it is emotionally a hand-wringing period in our life, it is a, a buying opportunity. Think like Warren Buffett. When things go on sale, you buy more. Now, if you're retired and you need income and you're looking at your portfolio and you see you're taking more of your principal last month because there was no gain last month, potentially, that's a difficult period. That's a whole different scenario. But there are opportunities out there to convert your portfolio to a guarantee income kind of a scenario and still participate potentially in a stock market rebound. So there are retirement products available that can guarantee your principal, guarantee your income. And so it's kind of Teflon coats. Your income stream, yeah, your market value may drop, but a year from now or so, whenever the market recovers, and guess what? In America, thankfully, it's always recovered. Through the Great Depression, the Great Recession, the dot-com meltdown, we have come back every single time. Sometimes it takes longer, but again, the average recession is only 11 months, so pull your statements out, and make some decisions to take advantage of this opportunity if you can afford it and if it makes sense from an investment appetite for risk point of view. You can't panic. The worst thing to do is move to the sidelines, move to cash, because a lot of people did that in 08, and five years later, they were still sitting in cash. Meanwhile, the market rebounded briskly, in just 19 months in that case, but they missed the opportunity to jump back in. Nobody rings a bell 
calls your cell phone and say, get back in the stock market. It doesn't work that way. So you've got to look at the statistics, stay the course, don't panic, and this too shall pass. Now, some, Pat, will say this feels antithetical. It seems to be counterintuitive, as you're suggesting, if you are 20, 30 years away from retirement, now potentially for you is a buying time. And some folks say, yes, but I'll put X number of dollars in to my 401k, my IRA. And then I open up the statement in 30 or 60 days, and I've got significantly less money than I put in. And I feel as if I'm just dumping money down a black hole. Speak to that issue. Well, it's true. Your values are, are worth less. Not look at the market value. You've got to look at the share price. If you were buying in a year ago, at give an example, $10 a share in XYZ fund or XYZ stock, and now it's $7, you've got to think like when you go to the grocery store and tuna fish is on sale, you buy more tuna fish. You don't need more tuna fish tomorrow, but you're anticipating you're going to enjoy that tuna fish at some point real soon. So it's typical to your thinking, but it is very productive, and you'll be very happy a year or so from now when markets rebound nicely as they do. Now, this one may take longer, it may take shorter. No one really knows, and that's where the, the level of panic can set in pretty easily. On this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, we continue our series on money management and retirement planning when the markets turn turbulent. And certainly we've seen some pretty turbulent times in the markets over the last two or three years post-COVID. How do you go about being agile enough to respond? Now, certainly there's a difference between the individual that is 10, 20 years away from retirement and how they might respond to turbulent markets versus the individual that, say, is just a couple of years or even perilously maybe a couple of months from retirement. And Pat, speak to that point, if you would, please, in terms of the differences in your timeline toward retirement and how you need to react in different ways. Well, there's clearly a lot more anxiety for that profile person, Craig, because now you need income tomorrow, next month, to replace the salary you were getting. And so, yeah, there's a different mindset and a different level of anxiety because now you need the money, unlike the person who's not going to retire for a couple, three years, you know, while it's anxiety-ridden, you don't need to tap into that money next month. So there's a different solution for that person. And, and there are a whole collection of retirement products and retirement investments that kind of insulate you from an income point of view. Yeah, your market value will drop, but there's still opportunities to protect that income every month. Speak to the importance of having healthy cash reserves during these times as well, because I would imagine for some folks, and this is without regard to whether or not you're 20 years or 20 days away from retirement, things happen. The car has an engine problem, the roof springs a leak, the hot water heater no longer heats the water, and so you need to get some cash and spend some money in an emergency of that sort. You certainly, during these times, don't want to be dipping into your equities and selling off. So it is important then to have cash reserves on hand? And if so, what's the general guidance in terms of the number? 
Yeah, the general rule, Craig, is, is having about six months of cash flow. So let's take an example. You need $5,000 a month to satisfy all of your commitments, house payments, car payments, PG&E bills. So let's call that 5000 six months, about thirty grand sitting down at the bank getting very modest interest. So when your muffler falls off or your furnace doesn't work anymore or, or the kids need a temporary loan to get them through a minor uh, crisis, Six months is generally enough to have around. Now, we've seen folks calling from the radio, so they have, you know, $300,000 in a money market account, in my opinion, excessive, and it's clearly not productive in terms of getting that money to work for you. But, if, you know, guess what? If that gives them a good night's sleep and that's the comfortable number for them, then that's the right answer. Is it arithmetically a bad idea? Probably we all have different comfort levels in terms of how much cash we want to have on hand. And so it's a very subjective, emotional thing. But the general rule is about six months of monthly overhead. If you are watching the headline stories, you know certainly there's a lot of angst out there. There's a great degree of perhaps a fear right now, certainly volatility driving the markets. We're seeing that both domestically and internationally, which can make it very trying when you're trying to navigate your way to and through retirement. And of course, making that emotional disconnect that you're making decisions based on facts and what your goals are for retirement versus just how you're feeling on a day-to-day basis when you hear the markets are up 500 points one day and down 800 points the next, maybe suggests then that having a professional to help guide you along the way might really be the wise choice for you. Spend a moment, if you would, Pat, and talk a bit about how the team can help folks navigate their way through these challenging recessionary times. Well, I wrote this book about 20 years ago, Don't Invest and Forget, and I think it's, it's certainly a lot more appropriate today given volatility. I mean, I mean we call the VIX index, the volatility index, compared to 20 years ago, is demonstrably radically impacted by the top story on the 6 o'clock news. So when you go through those kinds of periods, emotionally, a lot of people are just not wired to sustain through those periods. And so we kind of hold their hands and we make decisions. We don't sit there and do nothing. We're dollar-cost averaging into different sectors of the economy that we think will be more favorably attractive when we start to dig out of this period that we're in. And so it's important to understand sector rotation. It's a very technical term, but it really means get out of this sector because it's not going to do well as we dig out of this mess and go into that sector because as you move out of a normal economic cycle, these kinds of sectors, generally speaking, historically speaking, do better. And most people are not equipped or not passionate enough. They're certainly smart enough, but they're busy. They've got commitments and careers and kids and parents. You know, somebody's got to cut the grass on Saturday morning. So we've got disconnects between what I know I need to do and what I really need to spend time doing. And do I go to little Johnny's soccer game today or do I sit home and read prospectuses and, and reallocate my portfolio? I know the, the answer to that. It is generally speaking, you're going to pay attention and participate in your kid's life. So you get to neglect your portfolio and you fail to move 
in the direction that the economic cycle suggests you should go in. So that's what we do. We're looking at the economy as a whole. We're looking at historically the economic cycles, and we're dollar-cost averaging, moving ever so gently into an area of the economy that we think will be more participative. Wow. So as we've learned, this is not your grandfather's retirement or maybe even your father's retirement. Things have changed drastically in the markets and the ability to be agile, have a plan and work the plan as you head toward retirement is becoming ever more critical and necessary that you be actively engaged in your asset management. You might say, Craig, Pat, wow, I get it, but I don't get it. It's complicated. It's time-consuming. Where can I turn to get information related to how to structure my retirement plan in such a fashion that it will take me to and through retirement? Well, why not take advantage of a complimentary financial health and retirement plan review with any of the team from Proxy Freedom? There's no cost or obligation, and with offices throughout the Bay Area, undoubtedly one very near you. To schedule your appointment, call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E, or schedule your appointment online. Go to DontInvestAndForget.com. That's DontInvestAndForget.com. Well, there, remember, there's all kinds of great resources available, retirement planning calculators, and fascinating articles to help you better understand the challenges of modern-day retirement planning. Again, online at DontInvestAndForget.com or by calling toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-PLAN-WISE. Don't invest and forget, invest and forget, invest and forget. I have a very special guest on today. Marsha Brixie is the founder and president of MoneyWise Women Educational Services. It's a nonprofit organization. She hosts MoneyWise Women Forums throughout the Northwest. Marsha, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Pat. I'm excited to be here. It's interesting that you focus on women because historically, men and women think differently about money. We had a guest on our show, Dr. John Gray, Men Are From Mars, women are from Venus, and even when it comes to money management, money issues, we're wired a little bit differently, aren't we? Oh, yes, we are. Absolutely. The thing with women is we're caregivers and we're nurturers, so we take care of everybody but us. We're like last on the list, and I think that's true with money. That's probably true. Is it just a selfless giving that you ladies are programmed for? Is, is that how well, that you happened? know, I think we've been programmed that since we were kids, and I'm not just saying it's from our parents. I think it's society in general, and it's not just money, but I do think that that comes into play with it, and we're really good about giving to everyone else, but we forget about meeting our own needs, and, and I just encourage women to do that and still give generously to others. So your job description really needs to change, doesn't it? Women had this job description. You watched mom, and you kind of were programmed, and you acted like mom, and like little boys acted like their dads. Mm-hmm. But now the world has changed, and your job description really needs to change because you really need to take control of your monies. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that I don't think all men want to have the role of being the person that's responsible for the money. They just sort of fall into that because, again, it's probably expected of them also. So really it's about engaging in that conversation, talking about their finances, um, getting on the same path. Now, of course, that's not to say that there aren't some couples that are different. Maybe the men do want to have take care of the money and the women don't. I don't know. But 
the deal is women need to get it together. And so I guess women wake up at some point and say, and they have that aha moment. It's something needs to change here. I don't like what I see here. Is there any specific age that that moment hits? I would say generally, if they haven't had a crisis in their life, it's probably in their late 30s, between 30 and probably 50. But if they have crisis, their husband dies unexpectedly, they get divorced, something like that, then it happens a lot quicker. Then it's too late, which I hear this all the time. And that's a challenge. And so when it, when it kind of hits you in the back of the head because you suddenly have to take responsibility for that, that's a little bit of a shock, isn't it? Well, and a lot of times it's too late. You know, they, they are thrown into a po- almost a poverty situation many times, or they're left behind with the spouse's debt. I mean, there just all kinds of things that happen that if they had prepared themselves, they hopefully would not have been in that position. So in your book, you talk about laying out a roadmap. Talk to our listeners about what, what do you mean by laying out a roadmap for women and their financial life? Well, the deal is, is that you wouldn't go on a road trip without some kind of map. Men would now, wouldn't they? <laughs> And we don't stop for they, we don't stop for directions either. Exactly, Pat. And then they would not stop for directions. But let's say <laughs> that you're going from where I live in the Seattle area to um, I don't know, let's say Nevada. You would have to have some kind of a roadmap to determine where you were going, or you'd just be driving around and you wouldn't make it there. Well, the same thing goes with this. You need to have some kind of understanding of where you are now in order to begin. So one of the first things I suggest is that they take an inventory. They they write, women write down, and everything I talk about pretty much pertains to men too, okay? But they write down what they have in the way of assets, what their liabilities are, what do they owe, and they put everything in writing so that they can look at it and they have that realization and then they know where to go with it. Unfortunately, a lot of times when they do that, that's the shocker when they go, oh my goodness, I'm like $25,000 in credit card debt. I had no idea. Or I have no money in savings or, you know, that kind of thing. So you really have to start. I really recommend you start with writing it down, getting, taking an inventory. You know, let's talk about spenders and savers. I mean, there are women who spend, there are men who spend, you know, women buy shoes, men buy electrical gadgets. There's always that issue. Do savers marry spenders or oh, yes. opposites attract? attract? They do. Okay. Yep, absolutely. And you will hear that in pretty much any book you read that talks about this, that we attract. Now, every once in a while, that doesn't happen. But the norm, if I'm talking about this in a conference, you should see the head start to shake a posit- with positive affirmation. Oh, sure. yeah. And if there's young listeners out there, they're dating this their sweetheart, they're absolutely falling in love and you come along and in your book, you say, get a credit report on your future spouse. Doesn't that put a wet blanket on all this emotional love that's brewing all, all over? They don't really like to hear that, but here's the deal. What I really suggest they do is you request your credit report and you have your fiance request his credit report, and then you sit down and you look at them together. That way, there are no surprises on either part. You're both totally coming clean before you get married, because I don't care what state you live in, whether there's community property laws or whatever, once you get married, pretty much your credit is going to blend. And if your fiance has bad credit, you're pretty much going to have bad credit. And unfortunately, it doesn't go the other way. So it's really a wise thing. And credit reports, we don't have to pay for them anymore. You can get a free credit report from the three major credit reporting agencies every 12 months. There's not a whole lot of things that are valuable that are free these days. And that's one of them that's very valuable and it's free. So I do recommend it. But like a prenuptial agreement, it could be a pretty sensitive topic, especially if the results on one side or the other aren't all that attractive. 
Yes, totally. But you know what? Do you want to have that conversation before you get married or have that conversation after you get uh, married? I know my answer to that one, sure. But Yeah, I know where you're coming from because when we're in that the throes of planning a wedding and all the excitement, no, we don't want to talk about realistic things like this. Here's the other issue that we have our, our listeners calling us. We get a lot of our statements coming in the mail. Sometimes I have a listener come in and they'll bring in a box of paper and they're so cluttered with all this stuff and the paper clutter can lead to mental clutter. And if you're overwhelmed with stuff and you can't take that inventory that you just spoke of, how do you get your bookkeeping down to some manageable issue where you have your arms wrapped around your inventory, as you called it before? Well, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to sit down. I would suggest a, a big table, dining room or kitchen table, and put it aside until you get it taken care of and put put them in piles. So if you have, I don't know, five credit cards, put the credit card statements in different piles based on which company, your utility bills, your mortgage statements, your 401k statements. You need to do some kind of organization. I personally just put mine in alphabetical order in folders, and I, I keep it in a filing cabinet. And if anything ever happens to me or my husband, people, somebody could easily come in and find it. So put them in the folders. And then once you get them in the folders, go back and pull them out and put them in, you know, date order or whatever works for you. It doesn't have to be anything really complicated. You know, not only is that a good thing for you, but if something should happen to you, that's a gift to the people you leave behind. Sure. My special guest today, Marsha Brixie. Marsha is the founder and president of MoneyWise Women Educational Services. She focuses a lot on women and she specializes in helping women become more financially savvy you talked earlier about getting organized. This is not just a New Year's resolution. This is not something like we all, we all want to lose weight. And we have a New Year's resolution. By golly, I'm going to go to the gym every day. And that lasts till about January 30th. And then, oh, yeah. and, and so this is not something you just want to do once. No, absolutely not. Now, I personally have this thing where the first of the year, I feel a need to cleanse. And so that's when I do it. I mean, I go through all my paperwork the first of the year, and I mean, it's like the way I start my year, but that doesn't mean that's going to work for everyone. And you're right. It isn't something you're just going to do once and never touch again. You did touch on a good point that when you have clutter, it's overwhelming. And there's a whole, you know, all the theories on feng shui and all of that that go along with that. But I do think it's energy draining. So once you get that organized, you're going to feel much more empowered to take the next step. You encourage women to read something about money every day, a little article. Is, is that the way to just learn and incrementally pick up the knowledge? Well, I think that's one of the ways. And the more that you uh, read it, uh, read something about money, it soaks in. And I kind of like to use the example of I get an online um, newsletter and it talks about the Dow Jones. And it talks about, you know, we always hear about the stock market and what it was or the S&P 500 and what it is. And after a while, after getting it for several years, it start, started to soak in. And that's just one example. It's not something you're going to learn overnight, but the more you read about it, the more you hear about it, it starts to, you start to go, oh, I get it. I understand it. You know, the other thing I guess facing women is the fact that they've been discriminated via pay for a lot of years. Hopefully we're almost over that, probably not parity yet, but we're getting closer. So consequently, women today will have a lower social security check because they've earned less coupled with the fact that they live longer. Their longevity is a lot better than men. It's kind of a double whammy difficulty and challenge for women, isn't it? Well, yeah, and, you know, the deal is it's not only that women um, have, have earned less, but it's also because women are out of the workforce for about 15, an average of 15 years taking care of children and parents. Sure. And because of that being out of the workforce, then they get fewer promotions and smaller paychecks and smaller pensions. 
And for every year you're out of the workforce, it takes five years to make up for it. What we need to do, women need to do, is they need, they need to understand the consequences and plan for them. You know, there are spousal IRAs. So if you're out of the workforce and your spouse is working, he can fund an IRA for you. Sure. I mean, there are things that, we, that women need to look at to take, take advantage of. And when I point out to them that losing that 15 years from the workforce and what it can do, you should see the eyes open. I mean, they're like stunned. Yeah, we offer a free consultation, and they can simply call our toll-free number, one plan wise That's 888-PLANWISE. We do this financial checkout for men and women, but, but specifically, this is a women's show today, so we're going to talk about women. We really understand the special nuances and challenges that women bring to the table, which are frankly different from men. And then sometimes a couple comes in, and we end up playing mediator because sometimes men and women have different dreams, different aspirations. I'm sure you've seen that debate go on. Oh, absolutely. We don't all have the same values. And the other thing that happens is, you know, when you're in your 20s and your early 30s, retirement seems so far away. They don't plan. And then when they don't plan, you know, that's when we get to to that age group between, I don't know, 35 and 45 when they go, "Uh uh-oh, it's around the corner. What do I do now? In your book, you mentioned another author, Barbara Stanley. Barbara Stanley wrote a book called Prince Charming isn't coming. I think yes. that was, I think that's a great women still not, are waiting for Prince Charming, I hope. Barbara's definition of Prince Charming is it's not just a man. Sometimes we think Prince Charming is we're going to win the lottery or we're going to uh somebody in our family is going to die and leave us a huge inheritance. You know, it's whatever that you think you depend on. And and then there's another uh saying that comes from a bumper sticker that says a man is not a financial plan. And, and it's true. I mean, we need to learn, we as women need to learn that it's okay to be financially independent and to make sure that we're involved in the finances because if something happens, and chances are it will someplace in your life and you're alone, that you will know what to do and that you will have financial support to be able to, in, to su- sustain your lifestyle. Marsha, what I liked about your book was inside the book, you really have detail, the entire inventory of all your assets and all your liabilities. Sometimes not understanding the problem, you have to define the problem first. And in those, in those sections, you really, the, the goal is to kind of define your financial picture, isn't it? Right. Where, where you're starting from. Another thing that's in the book, we, we have the inventory of your assets and your liabilities, but then another big is determining how much you're spending because we as Americans spend unconsciously. We have no awareness, most of us at all, where we're spending our money. Well, most times it's with plastic, so we don't really understand that that's, exactly. real, that's, that's real money, isn't it? That's, that's a really good point, and one way you can do that is to get back in touch with cash. And um, one of the tips that I give people is to carry a $100 bill in your wallet or purse. When you go to purchase something, pull that $100 bill out, and you know what? You're probably not going to purchase it because you don't want to break the $100 bill. But, yeah. boy, would you flip out the credit card. True. And once you break the 100 it's gone. Yeah. Well, and then I encourage them to track their spending and to write down. I encourage women and men to write down everything you spend for at least 14 days. We call that the Money Wise Men 14-Day Challenge. And 30 days is even better. Whether you pay cash or you use a credit card or a debit card or whatever, write it down. If you've ever been on Weight Watchers and you journal your food, you don't want to write it down. Nine times out of ten, so therefore you don't eat it. When I um, started doing this, I didn't want to give up my lattes because it was or my coffee because it was my uh, break, my coffee time or my break time with my girlfriends at work. Sure. And so what I did is I went from lattes to drip coffee. And save $2 a day. And $2 a day times five days a week is $10 a week, $40 a month. And you can invest that money and 
with what I call the magic of compounding interest, when you're 65 years old, you can have a lot of money. You know, the other issue that you mentioned uh, in your book, talk about money with family and friends. Isn't it taboo talking about money with your family? I mean, it's, it's like that uncomfortable thing talking about oh. sex with your family or your friends. I mean, you just don't, you just don't talk about it. Yeah. Women will talk about, we'll talk about anything. We will talk about our families, our relationships, our bosses, our sexual relationships. We will talk about anything but money. And what I say to people is, would you walk into a cocktail party and re- put your hand out and say, hi, I'm Marsha Brixie and I'm $10,000 in credit card debt. How about you? Yeah, that's, no, we wouldn't. Yeah. But you know what? Chances are you're not the only one at that cocktail party that's got debt or financial issues. We just don't talk about it. I, I think we should get a healthier relationship. And I'm not saying come clean about credit card debt, okay? But, you know, ask questions and start to talk to other uh, people about they're about financial issues and you'll find out you're not alone. Um, I also tell people that when you see, and I use my husband and I as an example, because when we started on what I call our financial road to financial fitness about 10 years ago, we were both federal employees. We had great jobs. We had a nice house, nice cars, went on nice vacations, had nice clothes. But the bottom line is we didn't have a will. We were in credit card debt of $10,000. We didn't have any emergency accounts. And what I tell people is when you look at people like that, they may be in debt. I mean, maybe they have their financial house in order, but chances are they don't. And just because you see that picture doesn't mean that's the case. And, you know, it's hard to stop yourself and think about that because I still find myself doing that where I'll see somebody driving a nice, beautiful car and think, oh, they must really have it all together. And then you go, wait a minute. Maybe they're paying seven hundred dollars a month for their car payment or something. You sure. just... No one really knows. And some there are so many folks who are. I guess it's typical American dream. You, you live beyond your means, right? And you, you know, I think I read read a statistic. Uh, most folks are two weeks away from a bankruptcy scenario. So that's you don't want to you don't want to keep up with the uh, Joneses. If the Joneses no. have this this fiction fictional life, uh, that's certainly not something you want to mimic. But it's hard to figure out. You don't want to be left behind. You do want to drive that nice car. That's the problem, isn't it? You know, I think it, it depends on what matters to you. And I will say that in my book, I talk about a woman named Lori who, until she summarized her credit card debt, she knew she was in trouble, but she didn't realize how much until she wrote it down. And she was $50,000 in credit card debt. Oh, wow. And what she told me was, Marcia, she said, I don't even know where I spent the money. And she was self-employed, and what she was, what one of the things that she did was she dressed nice to impress impress her clients, her customers. I mean, she did a lot of things that she didn't have to do that put her further and further into debt. And that's kind of keeping up that appearance. My special guest today, Marcia Brixie. Any questions for myself or Marcia, or if you would like to sign up for a complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation, a financial checkup, call one triple eight plan wise. That's one eight 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 P L A N W I S E, or go to our website don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Marcia, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Oh, thanks, Pat. It's been wonderful. been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Vitucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-PLAN-WISE. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com.
Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Matucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Matucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Matucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.